0: Good evening. We are ready to get spooky here on Spooky South Coast, and it's going to be a pretty spooky night. We have a lot of stuff going on tonight. We're going to have multiple guests joining us. We'll be joined briefly in a few minutes by Melody Knapp for the Week and Weird. We're going to talk with Mark and Lauren from Salem Con about everything we can expect with that. Later on in this hour, we'll be joined by Danny Roberge. You know him as Danny Bigbeard, the man behind Vox. He wants to let us know about his new release that is coming out today, actually. hes I think he's waiting for this show to, to release it. And then later on, we'll talk about some more stuff as well. It's spooky South Coast. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what we're going to talk about. You never know where it's going to go as we get ready for episode 492 of Spooky South Coast. Can you believe it? 492. And it starts right now. I just, I don't remember what mic Matt's on, but I got Stephanie's mic on, so.
1: Perfect. That's all that matters. We can figure it out
0: from there. And um, I'm dealing, I get these terrible headphones tonight. You do. Uh, Everything sounds very tinny and echoey to me. Yeah. This is like the worst pair of headphones I've ever used in my life. But that's all right. I'll fight my way through. It's my fault. I forgot my my headphones. Alicia and Christy, they're going to be upset with me. Those are the ones that they they gave me for Christmas oh, really? years ago, yeah. That's awesome. So, that's all right. I think we're, I think I might go steal the newsroom ones during during the news, because...
1: Anything can be better than what's on your head right now.
0: They, they look as bad as they sound, is yes. that what you're telling me? Yes, they do. Well, that's all right.
1: At least you can't see the inside of them.
0: Meanwhile, these headphones are like, think about how bad you're making us look being on your ugly domes. <laughs> well, we are getting ready for uh, Salem Con. It's coming up in, well, this month now. We're in right? April. So, it's going to be a, a couple weeks away. What's it? I'm 20 trying days. To do the math. Yeah, 20 days. So, we'll be there, and Stephanie and I will be there, and there's going to be all kinds of things going on. So, we're going to find out about that a little bit later on with Mark Arvola and Lauren Sheridan. They're going to talk with us about what we can expect out of this year's Salem Con, which I hear tell is the last Salem Con. We'll find out yeah. the story behind that, though.
1: It'll be my first and last.
0: And then uh, later on, we'll be do- joined by Danny Roberge. He is the creator of Echo Vox, I've been checking my phone all day to see when Echo Vox X actually drops. But I haven't seen it yet, so I, th- I think he's waiting until he comes on the air with us.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: But I know one thing for sure. We are giving away a free copy of Echovox X. We are. We will be. We'll be giving away a free copy. That's awesome. I think that's a retail value of nineteen ninety nine. See that? So I think that's what he's charging. I think it's the price of the Echo Vox 2.0 app. But we'll find out about that from Danny a little bit later on as well. And then we have the entire second hour as well. We had somebody that was going to be joining us, and we don't know for sure if that's definitely the case. But we'll play it by ear.
1: That's all right. I haven't heard we'll back from Chris
0: if it's a if it's a for sure or not. But that's we can we can work around. It. But uh, one thing that I did not do is I did not. What didn't you do?
1: You whipped out the phone. What's going on?
0: Uh, Go ahead, talk while I do this Talk? Okay,
1: <laughs> what are we talking about? How was your day?
0: You, no, you need, you need radio <laughs> talking Not like casual conversation
1: I know, I know, we can talk Alright, what do we want to talk about? Who wants to talk to me? Which one of you wants to talk All right, to no, me? Alright, no, I'm done,
0: that's fine Okay, good Thanks, Phil Phil? Because you were filling Oh you were filling Listen, in for me. No, I was just trying to get melody. Uh,
1: you caught me right, right off guard in the middle of answering people in our chat room, so I wasn't expecting you to whip out the phone and try to figure out what was going on there.
0: You never know with me. exactly No, what I'm these whip past out. few weeks, you've. You never know. I'm gonna whip out at any given time. Listen,
1: I'll keep it PG.
0: I'm just trying to connect this way. We're we're, we're trying to have a little bit better audio quality for the week and weird this week.
1: We're working on it. We're seeing what can happen.
0: But uh, hopefully, if... Oh, oh, here we go. Alright. <clears throat> now, wait a minute, because I have to do something else <laughs> before I can bring her in. I have to make sure I turn down the YouTube audio before we bring her in. Alright, now let's see if can we can Can you hear make this me? Work. Yeah, we can hear Ooh, you now. We can. Wow. There you are. You're, you're, you're coming in loud and clear. Can you hear us okay? Oh, ah, we lost I her. Didn't, I didn't press the button in time. All right. I'm going to just call her back real fast.
1: Do we get to talk about your article today? Is she talking about it, or are we?
0: Uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to her about it. Well, oh, I shouldn't do that. No, Turn please. that down, Tim, while it's tiling. Hello, Hello, Melody. Hello. You can hear us now, right?
2: Um, yes. Yes, I can hear
0: you. All right, this sounds way better than Oh, my goodness. Before. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right, so hang on. We're going to give you your big, fancy intro. Oh, yay. All right, here we go. Kooky South Coast presents The Week in Weird with Paranormal News Correspondent Melody Matt. All right, Melody, what do you have for us this week?
2: All right, guys. So my favorite article this week we're going to start off with is, ironically enough, from foxnews.com. And it is Sasquatch Blamed for Idaho Crash. (laughs) I'm sure you all knew I was super stoked to talk about this song. Um, On March 22nd, a 95-year-old resident of the town, Tensed, crashed into a deer when she says was chased onto the road by a Sasquatch. She was driving along 95 near Potlatch when... As she claims, she saw a shaggy seven- to eight-foot creature running after the deer on the side of the highway. Police found no evidence of the Sasquatch at the scene of the accident, which is not far from Maskell Mountain, which is the location of several alleged Sasquatch, you know, Bigfoot sightings over the
0: years. So, and how old was she again? Ninety-five. So, I guess when you get to be that age... (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're looking for any excuse. Actually, you don't even need an excuse Me, that age. You can be like, man, right. I'm 95. I just crashed into something. <laughs>
2: That's you know, exactly what I thought as well, so
0: and, to be fair. I think it was Chris that asked this question uh, when he put the story up on the – I don't know if it was Chris or Matt, but somebody put the story up on our Spooky South Coast Facebook page and, and asked the question, you know, why hasn't this happened more often? Because <laughs> right. if, if Bigfoot's out there and people are seeing this thing, then why haven't we had other – Incidents of them running out on the road, like like as if they were puckwudgies in Freetown. Well,
2: we have. We have. If you actually look into it and, like, if anyone actually watches that Finding mean, Bigfoot show, which I may or may not have watched a couple of times, there are plenty of accounts of people seeing it on the side of the road when they're driving by or, you know, chasing an animal, things like that, even driving down the highway. So this is actually a, a common claim, believe it or not.
0: Well, I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun on your stories, but did you see the story that uh the WBSM and the Spooky South Coast were carrying earlier today? That the, uh, the I free, don't know. About the Freetown <laughs> Police. About the what? The Freetown Police actually had to put up a sign outside the Freetown State Forest warning about Pukwudgie's crossing.
2: Are you serious? Yes. I'm, <laughs> a, oh my
0: goodness, I'm serious as I'm as serious as I can be, be on me. this day.
2: How did you miss that? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I, I was sleeping all day today, guys. I cannot uh, believe I missed that.
0: Well, it's, it's up on the Spooky South Coast page of spookysoftcoast.com if anybody wants to check it out. All right, what else do you have for us?
2: All right. Well, segueing over into a different classical creature, um, a tiny pygmy was claimed to be captured in a YouTube video that now boasts 3 million views, according to Metro.com. The figure was spotted near Banda Akek. Excuse me, Uh, on the northern tip of the island of Sumatra. Local legends do tell of a lost tribe of pygmies, which are smaller bodied than normal humans, who are supposed to inhabit the forest. Uh, That, if you watched the video, it truly, like, it could be a little kid. You know what I mean? But I love the legends of pugwedges, especially in weird old, you know, tribal forest and things like that um and it really has over three million views on youtube right now
0: well that's all the pygmy tribe watching it on their on their iphones
2: <laughs> you know it. there's a you lot know of it. it there's
0: there's there's they're smaller so you can have more of them in one space
2: exactly exactly every
0: time i go out into the woods people mistake me for part of a pygmy tribe
2: oh Do my they. goodness
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not a, i am not a tall man
2: I think you're too furry it you also, me? Yeah, I was going to say it also doesn't help
0: that I walk around with just a loincloth on too.
2: Awesome. So that's probably why. Yeah. And she said you're too
1: furry. So does that qualify you as a punk bunny? <laughs> um,
0: maybe more like a orangutan. Okay. Because I kind of have a bare ass. You know?
1: <laughs> awesome. Oh, dear. awesome.
0: It, no, a baboon. That's what I was thinking. Baboon. A baboon. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Can you save me with one more story?
2: All right. The bringing it home for us. Trumpet-like alien sound is finally heard in the UK after being a worldwide mystery for almost a decade. So, a young Nottingham couple were awoken to a strange unexplained sound that lasted for 40 minutes. Can we just pause on that, guys? 40 minutes this sound lasted for, reported by DailyMail.com. Calvin Curlew, 24, and his partner listened in shock as trumpet-like sounds blared across the night sky in Nottingham, East Midlands. A video of the sound left viewers baffled. Similar outbursts have been captured in countries along around the world, including the U.S., Ukraine, and Germany. And um, I did mention to you earlier, Tim, about the video. It, it's pretty insane, guys. Like, it lasts for quite a while, and this is not the first report of it. So right. is it extraterrestrial, or can
0: it be explained naturally? There was, uh, I know a couple of years ago, um, actually I think it was just a couple of months ago, it was in Spokane, Washington, and it was happening for quite a long time. They, they, they were getting it repeatedly, and mm-hmm. it's, it's been happening for a couple of years that this has been going around. So I don't know if it's some sort of natural phenomena that people are mistaking for the sound of trumpets or what, but... There's, there's got to be something behind it. There's got to be some kind of an explanation.
2: I was going to say, I truly wish some scientists would weigh in on it because, like, I feel like there could potentially be a scientific explanation for it, but if not, then what could possibly make that sound? And it's isolated because towns nearby aren't hearing it whatsoever, even though it's, like, blaringly loud where people are hearing it.
0: And there is one theory out there. It's a little bit out there for me, but... And that's saying a lot, but one of the theories is that it's actually, you know, the the heralding of the apocalypse—that it's the, the trumpet sounds of the oh, the, the, the four yeah. horsemen coming—and that's why we're hearing it repeatedly because, you know, it's not going to be like one time that it sounds when the end is coming; it's going to be, you know, frequent because we're talking in cosmic terms of time, not our man-made concept of it. So, no thanks, exactly. Maybe it's that. <laughs> hey, well, if, if, if listen, if if that's the case, if it turns out that it's the end of the world, then at least we know it's funky and we can get down to it. Okay. Because trumpets are cool, you know?
2: Exactly. Yeah. We'll jazz out to it.
0: Yeah, Throw play a little uh, Louis Armstrong on there, you know? All right. I can see really? that, you know, the angel of death up there, like, blaring out some, some Miles Davis. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Melody, for, for keeping us up to date with the news. And remember, everybody, if you want to join in the conversation on our social media, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, you can comment on the Weekend Weird Stories, and we will be working them into the show in the future.
2: Yep. Thank you guys very much, and
0: have a great rest of the show. All right, you as well. Stay spectacular. Thank Dracula. you. <laughs> Bye. That is Melody Knapp, our paranormal news correspondent. Sounding much better.
1: By yes, the way. absolutely. That was a great idea doing Skype.
0: Well, we we wanted to do it for a couple of weeks. The, the problem is is the engineer here hadn't put Skype into the computer. Right. We
1: have it now. So.
0: So and Matt is toying with the idea of bringing in Melody via video. Via video. For Spooky TV. There we go. But we couldn't do that tonight because, like she said, she just woke up.
1: Right. Right.
0: I know, I know I know well. how you girls are.
1: Hey. Don't you don't you wrap me into that.
0: You can't just you know can't just put on a hat and
1: oh, I can. get in front of the camera. This is straight out of the shower right now. Nothing. Yeah, it's straight I brushed... out of the
0: shower. It still took you forty five minutes to leave.
1: No, I, no it did not. I brushed my hair on the way here. How do you like that?
0: You should be keeping both hands on the wheel. The roads are slippery tonight.
1: My uh my sweatshirt might still be wet from the washer and dryer.
0: I uh, I actually have a brush that I keep in the car, and I will yeah. I will just brush my beard while you're while driving. I'm driving. Yeah. You know, Why are you judging and, me? Try and keep it nice, you know. And it doesn't work. No. Well, look at it. It just ends up crawling out and everything. I'm gonna have to trim it off. But you know, we're not here for beard talk. No. That's what That's what we used to talk about on Saturday mornings. But we are here to talk about paranormal stuff, and one of the paranormal events of the year. Is coming up in just a couple of weeks with Salem Con. It'll be taking place, uh, it'll be happening the 21st is the VIP party, the 22nd is the main day, and the 23rd is the day where we all stand around in the hotel lobby and refuse to leave. That's you. That's not me, that's everybody. Right, Mark? Everybody, nobody wants to leave at the end of Salem Con. That is everybody, including myself. I find, my,
3: I find myself hanging out at pant legs saying, don't go, being dragged out the front door.
0: But, you know, the, the Hawthorne, they know how weird you are. They've come to accept it.
3: This is, well, I don't know if they know exactly how weird we are, but they're getting there.
0: It's its funny how, you know, you see everybody, they bring down all their bags and they check out, and then they stand there and they're like, okay, now what are we going to do? And they, they literally will just go out all over the city and try and squeeze every minute that they can out of Salem.
3: They really do. They, and you'll find them in the restaurants and the shops. And that's the fun part for me about Salem Con and for Lauren as well. When when we get to see and bump into everybody in the town, spending their money in the town and spending their time in the town. And that that's one of the benefits for Salem itself of having the event there is that everybody goes around and gets the culture of the town absorbed before they take off.
0: And I've said this every year, and I will say it again this year, when I walk into Salem Con, it's like my Facebook came to life. It's right? literally everybody that you've talked to online, everybody that you've communicated with over the years and, and, and shared stories and investigation tips with and everything. Everybody kind of comes all together. And it's amazing that there's all these people who are even posting under the, the – the, when you share the poster on Facebook and everybody's commenting underneath and saying, oh, I can't wait to see you again. And I'm like, I don't even remember seeing you. That's how many people are there. <laughs> but it really is. It's the paranormal party of the year.
3: It's so true. And I had people, you know, obviously as the event runner, we have stuff going on all the time. But I'll have people like, oh, can't wait to come back this year. And I'm like, I don't remember you from last year, but thank you for coming last year, too.
0: <laughs> right. And, and you know, I always wait till you're at the absolute busiest. And when you're, like, ready to pull your hair out, and that's when I come wandering over and, like, guys, i got a question. I don't even, most of the time I don't even have one. I just want to mess with you. <laughs> My
3: favorite part is when, when we're in, in the morning starts off and everything's going on and I try and I try and stick it to you and give you the very first lecture like, right after you get off the air. <laughs> that was
0: always great, but now, see, I have the benefit of not having to do the Saturday morning show. Uh, I'm no longer doing that show because I've moved over into the newsroom, so I can kind of just wake up leisurely and take a shower and get ready and go down and talk whenever, so... I'll put you on at the end of the day, then. Of course, that's how it works. out. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually excited. Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll give a little bit of a, a preview of, of what my lecture is going to be. I'm going to be talking about the. Let me see if I can get the title right that I, I came up with because I was really proud of it. It was title. a really good title. The title is uh, the title is way better than the lecture at this point. Right? Okay, and I'm still awesome. working on the on the lecture, but it's going to be from Fox Sisters to Ghost Brothers: How Modern Day Paranormal Investigation Is Really Just Spiritualism. Ooh. So, right. you know, I like it. I, I, have been, I've been talking about this. See, because you know, you know, Mark, I'm working on this TV show, and you know, the subject of spiritualism came up for one of the things we were working on, and I started like fighting for the point that spiritualism is a lot of what we do now. It's just going right. out there and trying to communicate with spirits. We just have fancier devices than we used to use back then.
3: Right. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because it's, it, you're absolutely right. It is sort of the same thing. It's just evolved now. You know, the, the term, anyway, has evolved where, for some reason, spiritualism became taboo and almost thought of as something else. So now we have to call it paranormal, even though it's basically the same thing. But for whatever reason, the term spiritualism isn't as accepted.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think some of the hoaxing kind of hurt it, and I think that that's what will end up happening, you know, eventually with this, with the paranormal, is eventually it's going to become Diluted, and people will say, "Whoa, that's that's not you know real." And it'll just reinvent itself as it always does.
3: Exactly. And I was like you. Know, I was just about to say when you said, "You know, because of the hoaxing," I'm like, what do "You mean that doesn't happen today? We don't see it all the time with the ghost apps and people posting all the time." And it's like, "Come on, really?"
0: <laughs> and and speaking of spiritualism, we have somebody who seems like they've almost been investigating this stuff since those days. Don't tell him I said this. John Zaffis, being—he's yeah. <laughs> not that old. <laughs> But uh, he is definitely the—he's the godfather of the paranormal. That name is very fitting.
3: It is very fitting for John. He's a—he's uh, a pretty awesome guy. We've become very good friends with him over the last few years. Uh, since the Con One for crying out loud, and you know we've been—I'm uh, not—I'm not, I'm not going to say legend tripping, but we've been adventuring around uh, the northeast and down into Gettysburg with him. And and he—he's uh, going to be talking on Saturday with. Uh, Dean Giuliano again. They did a talk last year for the first time together about uh, a little bit about demonology. They're really going to delve into demonology this year. And uh, and then afterwards, or before, whichever, however we do it, uh, John is going to spend some time with some of his haunted items from his personal collection in his museum. He's bringing them along. He's going to bring them up, put them on display, and, and, and talk to everybody about them and answer questions. and. He doesn't do it often, so it's pretty—it's it's a pretty big honor for him to do this.
0: That is that is huge. But uh, I hope he's keeping them in the car overnight. I mean, we, we have to sleep in the same hotel as these things. Okay. We, we probably
3: will. I doubt he'll keep them in the car. Um, he's done it once before at the Houghton Mansion, oh North Adams, and uh, we went in and we investigated the mansion while he was away with some of his stuff uh, in the in the uh, Masonic Lodge, still, And those things are on display. And I'll tell you. I, I was waiting for anything to happen <laughs> with those things around. while
4: well, investigating there, it was crazy.
0: And that's that's going to be, I think, a highlight for a lot of people is is getting to see that and and also getting to talk with John about you know all of his years of research and and working with his aunt and uncle Ed and Lorraine before branching out on his own and and then I think it's underestimate. I think people underestimate the what it takes to do what he does. I mean, people look at him and they say, yeah. "Oh, it must be great to." be able to make a living going around all these conventions and doing all these events and things like that. But this is a guy who, even all these years later, if somebody calls him on a Tuesday night and says, I need you to come to my house and check something out, he's there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. He really is. And and it's funny, Lauren and I got to visit him uh, last year at Christmas time. And it was the first time I had been to John's house, and Lauren had been to John's house. And uh, we pulled up, and on his front lawn, there was a trash bag, like a gray or green trash bag, if you will. We walked over, and we just peeked inside, because it was very out of place, sitting on his front lawn. We just peeked inside of it, and there was a, a doll in there. Uh, it was some sort of, like, a Japanese-looking doll, almost like a geisha. And we peered down inside, and it's like, are you kidding me? He, he, he's got something to, you know, people just drop stuff on his front lawn. So we go in, and we start chatting with him. And I'm like, you know, what's up with what's on the front lawn? And he goes, oh, my God, I totally forgot this woman had called him up the day before. Get it out of my house. He drove over. And he he will leave it outside to you know as part of his his binding ritual, and he totally forgot it was on his front lawn. I'm like, your neighbors
4: must love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. And, and, and I remember we had him on; he was one of our first guests eleven years ago. And you know, he's telling us about how when people would give him items that he he felt there was you know just too powerful of a vibe or whatever, he would throw them in the river near his house. I'm yeah. like, well, that's great. I can only imagine yes. what it must look like. My goodness, <laughs> right. It's right. just this pile of, it's like all dammed up now with uh, yeah. with all these haunted objects that John Zephyr threw in the river. <laughs> it's like a paranormal well, they're beaver.
3: Now. They're not haunted anymore once they're in the water.
0: <laughs> but you've got, you've got some other great guests coming, too, as well. I mean, we've got some familiar faces who have been there from Salem Con's past, but we also have Roz is coming for the first time. We Well, we have,
3: uh, you know, there's quite a few people that are going to be there that even aren't on the poster yet, just because you can only put so many people on the poster, but even as vendors and as, as uh, participants, you know, I know uh, Stephanie is coming for the, the first time this year. Um, you know, she'll be at Salem Con. I believe it's the first time for Stephanie. It she will goes be. the whole, like, I don't remember if you were there last year.
1: I was supposed <laughs>
0: like, to be. I keep trying to sneak her into my bag and bringing her up, but yeah. she always has something else going on. This is, like, the first weekend she's been free. Yes.
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, Stephanie will be there, and um, and, I, and I'm and i I'm not 100 percent positive, but are you going to be doing any readings or anything when you're there, Stephanie?
0: I can,
1: yeah. I and wasn't you're more sure. Than welcome to. Oh, that's awesome! That's great to hear.
3: Yeah, you're more than welcome to. Absolutely, uh, we don't, we don't hold back on that. So if if you want to do readings during the day, you're welcome to do readings. Great. Um, you know, we will have uh, Rosalind Baum is coming back. We've got Brian Cano coming back. Scott Runewald again. Of course, it's not Salem Con without Scott. Um, we have. Uh, Dave Giuliano, we have Bob Christopher, we have this guy, Tim Weisberg. I, he's,
0: I've heard of I him. Know. That's what we call the lunch break lecture. <laughs> you know,
3: people can you know, go get something I to almost, eat. We almost didn't bring him back this year, though, because he loves to wear this loin cloth all the time.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I heard yeah. about that and I'm really uncomfortable. I'm not sure if it's, my table should be next to his.
0: Uh, I was going to ask Scott for a Parahor cloth, but they don't have those ones yet. They're working on it. Not yet. Not yet. But it's weird
3: because sometimes he gets this puck wedgie Instead of uh, those
0: was terrible joke, wasn't it? Hi guys, I right where you're going. I still but liked it. The what I've loved about SalemCon is the fact that I have, you know, the, a lot of times when you're being booked for conventions, they will say, you know, we want to have you come and you can give a lecture, and it's kind of you know, you can just do whatever you want. Or, or usually it's like they want you to do a lecture that they've seen you do somewhere else. And the great thing about SalemCon is I've always said to Mark and Lauren, I want to do something different. I want to do something that I haven't done before and I haven't talked about and I want it to be something out there that will make people think. And they've always said every year, go for it. So, yeah. you know, we've never held back with anything. One year we we conjured up an actual ghost. We did a Philip experiment that seemed to work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I think this year we're going to have a lot of people kind of scratching. There. It's, it's going to be funny when you see people coming down for the lecture and saying, oh, hell no. It's not spiritualism. And then by the end of it, they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it is, wow. at least if I do the, do a good lecture.
3: Exactly. And that's that's one thing when Lauren and I stepped away from the first Salem Con and we were able to talk to everyone and look at the fact that there are people that will come and sit through every single lecture. They'll park themselves down there, and they will listen to every lecture all day long. And for us to have somebody doing that, that's very rewarding because – it means the people that you have giving their lectures are, are A, putting something out there that everybody wants to hear, but B, are engaging enough that everyone wants to hear them. And it's hard to get that mixed because there's some things that people have, that are kind of important to hear, but if you're not engaging enough to grab everybody, then you almost lose your message a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know with, with folks like you, Tim, and, and Heaven John, and, and everybody we've had speak really captivates everyone. and. The, the lectures are the highlight of the event every single year, and that's—I love that. I love that people are learning.
0: And it's—it's—it's it's, it's really hard to go to a paranormal convention full of people that have been spending years in the paranormal field and to bring up ideas and topics that they want to sit and hear about. You know, it's the, the regular people who are just coming to learn about this, uh, the normal people, they're just coming to, to try to find out about the paranormal, so they're they're seeing this advertising and they say, oh, I, I'll go to Salem and check this thing out. You know, they're the ones that you expect to see sitting in the lecture, but at Salem Con, you see everybody sitting in the front row. You know, you see people yeah. who have been doing this forever saying, this topic is really interesting to me and, and so that's what I love about it is the fact that it actually is a it's its what a convention is supposed to be you know it's not a fan festival it's a chance for like minds to get together and bandy about ideas that when we're out there in the field working with each other we don't really have time to say oh let's let's spend 20 minutes dis- discussing this and dissecting this it's a chance to actually really have a meeting of the minds
3: right absolutely and it, it, it's sad for me and Lauren because we don't get to sit in on all of them and, I, and we want to. If there's always one or two lectures each year we're, we're, we're trading off. It's like, I really want to hear this one. I got to go downstairs. And, and I know you really want to hear that one. So we'll make sure that we, and we're always like trading off because obviously, and, I, and we've been to other events. We've seen other, how other folks put on their events, and they do a fantastic job too. And it's so important for us to make sure that not only the guests coming in the door to, to pay to see everything are, are, are having a good time, but that our, you know, our guests. Who are our lecturers and our celebrities are having a good time and are taken care of as well. So, you know, just getting to hear parts of the lectures from time to time and see the reaction from people in the crowd and and not see people dropping off and walking out the door, you know, that's exactly what you said. You know, sharing those ideas and people actually engaging into them is it, it's so important and you don't see it every day. Well,
0: and one of the things too that's great about it is the fact that it is—it's not just coming there and, and walking around and talking to people at tables. It's not just going and seeing lectures. There's a variety of different aspects. There's the VIP party where everybody kind of can just hang loose and, and not really have to worry about you know being there for any particular uh, you know to, to absorb any information. Just absorb alcohol, which I like. And then uh, the, you know, they have the Saturday night investigations, all that. And uh, there's still some tickets available for the VIP party and in the investigations.
3: So there's, uh, to quite honest with you, we did have a few ticket sales today. I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I feel confident that right now I can say that the VIP gold ticket level is sold out, so that means the Ghost Hunt is sold out. Um, we probably still have a few tickets available to, to the VIP party, but I, and I mean it's a handful. It's not, uh, it's, it's not going to be this weekend. I, I don't think after this weekend we'll have any tickets available except for the conference during the day on Saturday.
0: Well, I, listen, if you didn't jump on it, you know, that's shame on you, but that's no reason not to come and hang out with us all on Saturday because it's still just as much fun.
1: I've heard a lot Absolutely. about this party. I'm looking forward to seeing what the hype is all about.
0: <laughs> well, now we have to deliver. You do. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. You know,
3: it, it's, uh, it's- It'll deliver. The party delivers on its own. We're not worried.
0: <laughs> well, I've already got Aldona and Irina telling me, like, "Oh, we can't wait. You're gonna crack us up when we're at the VIP party." I'm like, "Wait, you think I'm funny?" Everybody else just rolls their eyes at me. Oh, now I really have to try.
3: Uh, it's not Tim. You, you're you're a funny guy, but I'll say it: um, intoxicated or or slightly inebriated, Tim, he's real funny.
0: Well, here's the thing: you haven't seen me. Well, wait, no, the first Salem Con you probably have seen. I was pretty. <laughs> But I said the last couple, the last year for sure, I mean, I, I knew I had to do the radio in the morning, so I didn't really go overboard. But now no radio, you know, last day I think I'm going to go fall out this year on the VIP party. Uh, I've, I've heard I'll
3: make it. Sure, I'll make sure we bring some pillows and blankets so you can have a nice little corner to curl up in and take a nap during the party.
0: That, that might be the case. Oh I might, I, you know how like you know how people give their keys to people when they're going to go drinking, say, here, take my keys? I'm going to have to like, give my room key to people. They're like, here, take my room key. Don't even let me go back up there.
1: Just be careful who you give sure. it to. Oh,
0: no, that's true. Too. <laughs> or
3: or just make sure I end up there. Just somehow yeah. get me up there.
1: I'll babysit <laughs> you. I'm offering. All
0: right, just let everybody know how they can grab the tickets.
3: Sure. So you can, uh, if, if you're listening and you don't have internet access, then I don't know how you're even listening to the show right now, but you can always purchase those tickets at the door, $15 for the daily admission to come in on Saturday. Um, if you uh, do have access and you go to M, as in Mark, so M-G-H-Paranormal.com. Uh Right on the homepage there, you'll see a, uh, the poster for Salem Con, and all the links are underneath for all the ticket options. And you can purchase your tickets there, too.
0: Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you, and uh, and hopefully we see everybody out there in the Spooky South Coast audience at Salem SalemCon. Uh, it's happening the 21st, the 22nd, and it'll be happening the 23rd, too, until they throw us out. That's right. There you go. <laughs> all right, Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Have, have a, a good night. Great night. Bye. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely come and check that out if you are in the area. And people are coming from all over Yeah, they that are. aren't from the area. Right. So, I mean, that's the, you're in Salem. I mean, that's the reason enough to come. Oh, absolutely. And then the fact that everybody else is going to be there and it's all going to be one big party makes it even better.
1: I'm going to have to carve out some time to <clears throat> hit the town because I absolutely love Salem and all the little shops around. Good luck. I know.
0: There's going to be try. a lot going on. Good luck. Well, let's bring on our next guest. You know him as Danny Bigbeard. Danny Roberge is joining us because today is a huge day, Danny. Today is a day that people have been waiting for. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. And, yeah, you're right, Uh
5: yeah, it's a big day. Happy April Fool's Day, but I didn't play any jokes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's, I think everybody's been thinking that all day. They're like, uh, I don't think this thing's dropping today, oh, man. You don't even
5: know. I, so many people were so scared, and they're like, Where is it? I don't see it on the Play Store. I'm like, Server propagation. It takes time. It's the internet. Like you're in, you know, you're in Amsterdam and you're in California. You guys aren't going to see it yet. And then now everybody sees it. So I'm blowing up. Like right before I called you, all my, all my digital things are blinking.
0: So it so it, it's already it's released now it's up there people can start downloading it. Yeah, it's a, it's available
5: on a Play Store if you search uh, EchoVox X or if you just search it, you know, EchoVox or any of my apps, you can click on Big Beard Studios there in the Play Store. It's not on iOS, it's just Android.
0: And what's different about this because I mean, you know, I know that you and I have been talking about it for but for the audience who I've been telling them for years to start using EchoVox, what's different about EchoVox X?
5: Well, you got to test it so you, you know did. the the sound is different um, than regular Echo Box and, um, or any of its other incarnations. It uh, runs off of 100 uh, IP radio stations that you can program yourself. They come in a text file and um, they're from all over the world and they're random stations. I actually hired somebody to scour the internet and find me long running reliable stations that were like a, a very eclectic mix. And we picked 100. I had them 500, and we picked 100 at random and put them in there. And uh, But that's just a default list. You can change those. And uh, it's kind of like having four um, ghost boxes in a, in a circle, and you can kind of blend all of them together or use them all at the same time or whatever.
0: So. And, I, you know, I have a hard enough... I understand people not Buying into the to the ghost box theory. I mean, you were yourself were somebody who was not a big fan of you know the, the broken radio theory of of trend. Well, not that
5: I'm not a big fan. I am a big fan. I mean, if it wasn't for that stuff, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But I'm I, I just think it's flawed, and not and, and so is Echo Vox X. I mean, any um kind of type of ITC that relies on um, straight out. Uh, digital communication or radio communication. I mean, you're gonna get false positives. You're gonna get, um, commercials and bits of Aerosmith songs and whatnot, but that's just part of it. You gotta sift through that stuff. But I, I think you know, uh, I'm sure Mark knows, um, and anybody else that's listening, if you used ExpoBox, um, the, the whole idea is that the replies should really stick out. I mean, that's, when you get a reply, it's beyond, any kind of uh, pareidolia or, or anything anybody wants to throw on It's not a false positive. It's obviously a voice that shouldn't be there. So that's the whole idea here is to um, get those replies out of radio noise, but they're just obviously not radio, especially if you get a swear. You know, a lot of these are FM stations and they run, you know, uh, pretty clean. So, you, you know, and I've heard some pretty vicious stuff come out of it already that I, <laughs> I know wasn't on the radio.
0: Well, what I've always loved about Echo, Vox is that it's not... It's excuse me. It's not a response. You know, it's not that you're getting one quick answer to a question. It's a conversation.
5: It goes on well, and yeah, on. Yeah, and that's what I mean. That's what I mean by the response sticking out. You know, and being at Pennhurst and hearing it say, "Doctors are bad. Hurt me. Gave me bad medicine. Electrocute." You know,
0: I mean. And then you follow that up with another question, and you get another answer. I mean, that's what's what's always been so great about it. And even though the the ghost boxes, you know, the the, the broken radios, I've gotten interesting responses out of that that are very direct answers, and that are stuff that I know wasn't on the radio. But now with this, with EchoVox X, you're having four of those happening all at the same time. So now it's definitely not, you know, there's there's too much going on for it to simply just be you misinterpreting what you're hearing.
5: Yeah, and I'd like to clarify for the users that it's not a muddy, chaotic sound um, because it's running four. It's not. It doesn't work like that. I mean, if you turned on four uh, SB sevens or whatever, you probably want to shoot yourself pretty quick because of the noise. And it's not. It's not like that. I think you could vouch for that.
0: No, I turned it on, and the first. I mean, I turned it on and was running it while it was still loading up the banks. And I mean, yep. it's still in the process of loading up the four banks with channels, and immediately I'm getting stuff come out of it right away.
5: Right. And it's. You it, heard my echo response, right, from that test?
0: Yeah. I
5: mean, when it's. When it said echo, like right away. And that voice, like anybody that knows my stuff, if you spend enough time on my YouTube, you could pick out, you know, a bunch of different apps and uh, block sessions and, and probably even EVP that I've done that was the same voice.
0: No, I think what was the most impressive part about it is that it wasn't just you turning it on and getting something right away and me. It seemed that it was happening with everybody that was beta testing. Everybody, Everybody's getting stuff right away. And it's not – you know, you you could be suspicious of, of, of apps, and a lot of people are. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But nobody can predetermine what questions you're going to answer. So you could pre-program this with as much stuff as you wanted, but nobody's going to know – you're not going to know what people are going to ask it and what people are going to talk to about it. So
5: There's no such thing as pre-programming. First of all, there's no such thing. And, and second of all, the program is 877 kilobytes. Yeah, so it's, it's very, that's not even one megabyte. It's very small. It is stupid. It's stupid. It's not smart enough to do anything besides scramble up those radio channels and put on reverb and, and record it. And so it, it doesn't have a brain. It doesn't listen to you. It doesn't do any of that. It's dumb. I tried to write the dumbest piece of software I possibly could, so that way, you know, chaos, order from chaos. You know, and it can be very hard to explain sometimes. So that's the whole idea. And um, I think where we are now with this because it took me thirteen months to get this from drawing board to finish, and it took three months of just tearing it apart i mean before you even got a beta version of it it was alive for months and nobody knew about it and you know my programmer is brilliant um i cannot do um the type of things that this requires there's not enough time you know what i mean i don't have a degree in computer engineering Uh, um and my programmer was banging his head on the wall because of what i wanted him to do and uh you know i probably took a couple years off his life but he did it and it wasn't easy and it was a lot of custom code because to handle that much data and then scramble it up if your phone is not very good it could really tax your system but luckily what we did is we made the app small lightweight and use your system resources very lightly Uh so it doesn't drain your battery it doesn't use a ton of data and you can customize it you can say, I only wanted to use 2 megabytes of RAM, or I wanted to use this much, and um, so it's every aspect of it is customizable. There's no man behind the curtain, because it's all you guys. You know, you can set the reverb, you can set the stations, you can, it has nothing to do with me.
0: And, and here I am trying to actually open it up on my tablet so I can show everybody, and stupid me doesn't bother to connect to the Wi-Fi that beforehand helps. so that I can actually and build the banks, but that's another thing that people have been asking is, you know, we like to turn our phones off and put them in airplane mode so that we don't get any stray yes. signals, and you can still do that with this.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And then you didn't see it because you had the test version, um, but you can now. It has a save uh, function, so you can just save. You can't save multiple banks because I don't want to fill up people's phones, but you can save uh, your your bank. So you can. You know, if you're going out in the field or whatever, and you don't want to interfere with other people's equipment, and I know people have this – I think it's crazy, honestly. I don't think it makes a difference. Um, there's so much electromagnetic stuff in the air anyway that it, it just ain't going to make a difference.
0: Right. I, I don't I, want my I, phone I, to set off my K2, see. but I'll have, I'll have a millimeter right next to it. Right. Yeah, so you can download it, save it,
5: and then you can put your phone in airplane mode and go about your merry business.
0: And I can tell you that it works great. I, that's exactly what I did. I built the banks up, and then I turned off, turned it into airplane mode, used it, and then when I said, "You know what? I'm, you know, I want to try and build some other banks up and see what else happens." You know, and it, it's just easy. It's easy to go back and forth. Yeah, and
5: so the longer you, you let it run, Tim, it, it keeps building. If it's connected, the banks never finish. Oh, nice. The banks are eternal. So it'll—it's almost like a EVR constantly listening. You know.
0: Well, I, I can't wait to actually get out there and use it on an investigation and uh, and put. I can't it, wait to see what you do. I, I can tell you, I haven't I haven't sent it to you yet, but I just got last night an awesome clip from our last Lizzie Borden investigation with EchoVox yeah. 3.0 that we were getting direct answers to the questions that we were asking, and it's it's mind blowing. And uh, I,
5: I really I really want to hear it because I remember talking to um, what's his name, Uh Cano, like a couple of years ago about going to the Borden house. And uh, I had this whole experiment planned. I think I was—I ta- might have been talking to Mark about it too, but I don't remember. I, I still kind of want to do it, so we should talk about that sometime. Yeah, it's a really cool absolutely. experiment. It has to do with Bluetooth and EchoBox, and it- it's weird, but I have to show you in a diagram. But uh, well,
0: we're like only—we're only twenty minutes yeah. away from it, so whenever you want to do it, we can—we can do it. Very cool. All right. Well, listen, this is out now. Go out. Go. Go to the App Store. Go to the Google Play Store. Download it. I highly recommend putting it on your phone, put it on your tablet, whatever, whatever you use when you're investigating. You're gonna want to definitely bring this along with you, and uh, you know, we we we're gonna be giving one away, right?
5: Yeah, um, I want you. I want you to know. Uh, I really appreciate your support, and I really appreciate having me on and all that. And it's, um, I'd like the listeners to know that there's no um, there's no hanky panky behind the scenes. Like, I haven't paid you and we don't exchange favors or anything oh, like that no. it's just you you believe in my stuff and you use it and you tell other people and and mark does and um you know now john zappa's run around using it and all the people on tv use it whether they admit it or not <laughs> right and um it's just awesome so i can't thank you guys enough and and yeah i'm going to give a copy away um to after our interviews done the first person that calls whatever that number is that you give out um all they got to do is give you their uh their uh, email address and their first name um and uh i will uh in the next 24 hours uh get them a link to download a free copy of echovox x and Excellent. hopefully they enjoy it
0: but meanwhile i mean if, if you don't get through just go to the store and download it it's nineteen ninety nine, and it's you're going to use it more than you use the pieces of equipment that you're paying hundreds of dollars for
5: absolutely and and some people say oh um do you have it on ios and to be honest with you, iOS uh, does not have a built-in reverb that I can use. Uh, the echo is a little different, and I just like Android. Um, so you can go to Walmart. You're a serious investigator. You're serious about ITC. You can drop 20 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever's in your budget. Um, I mean, I've seen echo Box run on Obama phones. So <laughs>
0: right. <yeah. laughs> All right, Danny. Well, thank you for joining us. We look forward to talking to you uh, in a couple of weeks and seeing what kind of results you're getting from this. And I'll send you that file too.
5: Thank you. Thanks everybody. Good
0: night. Alright, thank you. That is Danny Robersh, the creator of EchoVox and now Echo Vox X. And if you want a free copy, just be the first caller at 508-996-0500 and we will give away a copy. We'll be right back with more spooky south coast coming up in just a few minutes. Yes. back, hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke. I don't think I... Did I introduce you guys at the beginning of the first hour?
1: You know what? I don't know. I'm
0: not sure. It's Because it, it's kind of like second nature to do it. Right. But I was also like rushing because we had a lot of stuff to get to in that first hour. It was a pretty packed first hour. It
1: was. It so was.
0: I wanted to make sure that I wasn't dawdling and, and wasting time.
1: Maybe you didn't.
0: I, if I didn't, I apologize.
1: That's okay. People know who we are by now anyway. Especially
0: if they're watching... On right. on the Spooky South Coast app and on SpookySouthCoast.com. dot com, you know if you're if you're watching, then that is probably the the best way I think to see the show on so, YouTube. Well, obviously, you know, it's the only way to see the show, but right, but I think that's the best way to experience Spooky South Coast.
1: Oh yeah, people like to Live see what we're doing here.
0: Saturday night, interacting with people in the chat room, tweeting about stuff that we're talking about using the hashtag Spooky Live. Right, and sharing all the spooky fun with all of your paranormal friends. Because we like to have, we have a big party here every Saturday night. That's right. what we like to think of this. A big paranormal party, uh, just like just like we were saying with the Salem Con. It's like a little mini version of that every week. Of it's course. Like, uh, family coming together, having fun, talking about a bunch of stuff.
1: And if you can't make it live, let us know where you're listening from. Email us at SpookyCrew at com. Let us know your name, where you're from, and... What you like about the show.
0: Yes, please do. And let us know how you found out about the show, too. Oh, absolutely. Because we're all over the place. So you never know if Yeah, we people, get some
1: pretty crazy emails sometimes. You
0: don't know if they found us from listening to WBSM. Right. You don't know if they found us through the com website. Mm-hmm. Or some of the great networks that we're part of, like the Dark Matter Radio Network. Right. Which we are so honored to be part of every week. Art Bell's Dark Matter Radio Network. And uh, also, we, we, had, we had joined the Spike Paranormal Network. yes. But the Spike network has undergone a name change. Oh has it? And now it is known as the No Box Network. They're oh. gonna have a variety of different it's not gonna be just paranormal stuff anymore. It's gonna be cool. a variety of different programs on the no box network. So we're happy to be part of that.
1: No, absolutely. Anywhere that you can hear us is awesome. So let us know where.
0: And I wish I still had my, my call screen software. We so don't? That, uh, no, I, it's a mystery. Not the stuff that I used to like to use. Oh. There's something that they're using now. Because see, during the week, they have producers here
1: right.
0: that are screening calls and pushing them through. And mm-hmm. they know who's calling. And I, I I don't know how they do it. It's because magic. Because they got rid of the nice program that I used to use. So I, you'd think that I would just go and find out. Because it's not like I'm not in the next room.
1: That's very true, Tim. It's very but true. But I just
0: won't get up and walk two feet no. and say to the intern, hey, what exactly are you doing to push that through? But I'll try to remember to do it this week.
1: Is it because your, your chair is too comfy?
0: Uh, no. It's, it's, it's more that I'm just, I don't want to bother them when they're working. There you go. They're kids. They're, they're high school kids. So (laughs) I want them to stay focused. They're here to learn. Okay. They're not here to, they're not here to converse with me. And by the way, just real fast. Yes. One of the things that, you know, was, was appealing about, about working here. Mm-hmm. Is and they, you know, when they put up the thing, like you want to join the Fun One Hundred and Seven team, right? Uh, they put up a, a, a blog about it. One of the things that they pushed is free food. Of course, you know, there's always free food coming into, the, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But I think we took it a little bit too far this week. Did, did you? Did you see the video?
1: I haven't watched the video <clears throat> yet. No,
0: I went through all that. But you know how I feel you about can't seafood. Watch the video. I ate. I tried to eat six mega stuffies, Ugh. mega stuff co so I could only make it through four. Gazelle ate all six. Did he? Yes. You only had and four. I, I can only eat four now. About an hour before, yep. i had eaten a little, little tiny, like complete meal of beef stew. Okay.
1: Because
0: I didn't want to have nothing in my stomach. I wanted to have a little something.
1: I was in gonna my say stomach. the question was: Did you eat in preparation for this, or did you eat not knowing this was coming?
0: No, I knew it was coming. Okay. But I—that's I, all that I had eaten, and so I said, "You know what? I'm just gonna have a little something in my stomach because I don't want to just put clams into my stomach. Ugh. That's what I was worried Ugh. about. Oh, so gross. And uh, so. And then Gazelle had, had a taco. Okay. He said he had a taco. And I know Gazelle, he went to Taco Bell. He didn't have a taco. He had I'm multiple gonna tacos. I'm going to have to get on board with that. I agree with you. I, I don't think. does anybody go to Taco Bell and have a taco? No. That Costa. Even it, it, you're like me. Sometimes you're buying dinner for yourself out of the pocket change that you have. I can't imagine that you have ever just had one taco from Taco Bell. No, no. I mean, you have the intent when you drive to that get Get up to that drive thru, you're mm-hmm. like, I'm only gonna have one taco.
1: That was me tonight.
0: But then and you end up getting the twelve pack. A, <laughs> right. The <it's a> grande <laughs> meal. Right, yeah. Exactly. I think I think at the drive thru there is a two taco minimum. Right.
1: I think so, because I, I so. had to go yeah. with two tonight. I couldn't just do one. And I knew I only wanted one, but I had to do two. So it's like a sickness.
0: But he claimed he had a taco. And then he mm, had no and then he had six stuffed co and he ate them all. God Ooh, bless him. With disgusting. butter and hot sauce.
1: That's disgusting. So
0: You can see the video at uh, at fun107.com.
1: You shared it on Spooky South Coast Uh, Facebook page. It's
0: called Fun versus Food because it's Fun One Hundred and Seven. Fun versus Food. We did that this week and I last week, and I guess this week we're doing a two-pound burger challenge. Where? Uh, Max's.
1: Ah, okay.
0: So they don't have it on the menu anymore, but they're doing it special just for us. Wow. So I have to go eat a two-pound burger and then come to work. Oh. And sit all day. After having eaten a two-pound burger. I don't
1: know how you do it, my friend. I don't know I don't know how. We'll see
0: what happens. I might not do it. We'll see (laughs) See if I get through it. All right. We have a caller who's been patiently waiting for us uh, to stop goofing around. Uh, Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing spectacular And uh, and, and you had something that you wanted to uh, share with us or ask us? Um, A couple of things,
2: actually. Sure. Because I live in... I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, Um, Swansea, Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. and um, obviously there's a lot of paranormal stuff with King Philip's War and Abraham's Rock and things like that.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: And um, I just had a question, my house has been recently experiencing paranormal activity.
0: And what what kind of things have been happening?
2: uh, We had a poltergeist who um, used to mess up the curtains. And I know
0: it sounds like cliche, but I used to like move the curtains and stuff. Well, I mean, it's and, it's not, I mean it's pretty. It's not, I mean it's not really a cliche. I mean it's what happens. It's what they do.
2: I have to go. I'm sorry. Um, I wait, I have to go.
0: Okay. Well, call back if you want to. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Okay. Hopefully, uh, hopefully she can get back to us. If uh, but I mean that whole area. And uh, I, I believe she was mentioning stuff to us in the chat room as well about what was going on. Right. Uh, but that whole area, in addition to being part of the King Phillips War area, you know, it's you're part of the Bridgewater Triangle. Right. And uh, and also the the Borden family hauntings extend into there.
1: Of course. So that's yeah. where
0: Lizzie's summer home was. And, right. And uh, and I think that that's part of the shadow that lay, lays over that whole area. So I'm not surprised. Plus, there's a lot of water around there, too. Of course there is. You know, yep. like, you've got <clears throat> the Taunton River feeding off into all those other rivers, and that's powering stuff up.
1: Plus, even with the Taunton River and um, the history of the Taunton River and them finding the artifacts um, a few years ago from Vikings and everything else, you don't know what went on around there.
0: But- it's fascinating. <laughs> Hopefully she can uh, hopefully she can call in yeah. and and share some more at another time. We do have another call on the line and if you want to call in the number is 508-996-0500 877-996-1420. Good evening, you're next on Spooky South Coast.
6: Hi hi, um I, I want to uh, make an order for the delivery uh for uh, the Bobon Deluxe.
0: For the for um
6: the... and um my son is going to come pick it up and his name is Mike Roch.
0: Right. Right. I know him very well.
6: You know Mike Roach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the thing is, I need the Boban Deluxe to be very hot because it only is good when it's hot. Okay?
0: You get it. All right. Thanks All for right. calling. Wow. I didn't say I didn't have a call screening software. I just don't have my favorite call screening software.
1: Right. So we know exactly who you are. Just so in case we've you got curious. your
0: number. Thank you very much. And uh, don't think that just because you call from a private line, it makes a difference. Nope. So. That'll be fun. Just to be aware, too, the next time that somebody calls in... Yes. ...and tries to pull something like that, it's April Fool's Day, so I'm not going to get really really angry about it. But the next time somebody does that and calls in and does it, I'm going to put your number out over the air. Oh, yeah. So. Maybe
1: some Facebook action, too.
0: What I'll do is I'll just give out your phone number.
1: I have a lot of people that'll call it. No problem. And
0: this show has people listening worldwide. (laughs) So if somebody is listening to the show in New Zealand...
1: Can we do it anyways?
0: And that person that lives in New Zealand will be more than happy to call you in the middle of their work day, which would probably be like 2.30 in the morning your time.
1: Mm, If you're lucky, maybe like 5 a.m. they'll just
0: keep calling until you answer. Yep. So just putting that out there.
1: Just in case you wondered who you were dealing
0: with. Yeah, we don't don't mess around with those kind of... And listen, sometimes I will actually let... A prank call go on a little too long, like I did there.
1: You know what, though? Real question. Unless you're listening on the internet, what teenager is up listening to WBSM on a Saturday night? Just throwing that out there.
0: Well, this is Spooky South Coast, so... Oh, of
1: course, but it's it's probably an area kid. You're super cool if you're uh, listening to WBSM.
0: Looking, looking at the area code, hold on, I'll tell you exactly where they were calling from. <laughs> <laughs> Am I not supposed to blow up people's spots? Is that not what I'm Oh, no, up? I'm all for it right now. So that was from New Jersey, so that's oh, why. Yeah. I'm not surprised. It's from New Jersey.
1: New mm, Jersey <laughs> smells.
0: So, uh... <clears throat> it's on billboards. Yeah, you can, you, can, you can try calling again, but I'm not going to answer the phone. <laughs>
1: wow. That's even worse. Do we try it? Do we see yeah. who it is? This, you, just...
0: you have uh, Amanda Hug and Kiss on uh, line one. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hey, um, I've been uh,
6: experiencing some pretty paranormal stuff around my house. And I would, like, you know, want to talk about it. I don't know what's going on. All right. Hold um, tight. So what happened is that when I was, you know, just black one day, I was just, you know, by myself. And basically what happened is that I'm just, you know, reading a book, going on my phone, the usual biz. And then next thing you know, I hear this sound. It's pretty weird. And it was saying, Bobon, Bobon. I'm like, what?
0: And he...
1: So what's that number?
0: I kind of let it go a little too long that time, too. You did. (laughs) So, hey, I'm honored. I'm just honored that people think that, you know, we're important enough that it's worth your time to call us up and prank us. It's pretty sad, though. By the way, you know how I know, first and foremost, that these calls are all pranks? How's that? We never get this many calls. Right. (laughs) <laughs> That's how I can tell right away. All right, I want to play for you guys this. Uh, this oh, clip. come
1: on! We're not going to put their numbers out there.
0: No, not no, not yet, not yet. Okay. I'm not going to do that to them because you know these these are obviously uh, very mature individuals. You know they're they're certainly not minors. You don't think so? Of course they are.
1: They sound like they haven't hit puberty yet. Of course they
0: are. So I don't want to I don't want to have their moms and dads get all mad because. They're getting 45 phone calls in the middle of the night from the Spooky, South Coast, the spooky South Coast audience. So the event that we had a couple weeks ago at the Lizzie Boyden Bed and Breakfast, <coughs> excuse me, uh, as I was saying earlier, we were running the Echo Vox app there. Uh, our, our buddy Jeff Campbell, who you guys know as the head of the End Zone Militia. You know those, those guys yes. that are in the End Zone for the Patriots games. He's awesome he is and he was there as part of the event investigating with us and he was running echo vox and there were some other people in the room we were in the morse room where mrs borden was killed and we had probably probably like four or five people total in the room at the time you know it was a, it was a full house that night but we were able to break everybody off into smaller groups so that we weren't all on top of each other and so we're running EchoVox. Now, if you're not familiar, we talked about Echo Vox X with Danny in the last hour, which, as he was saying, takes these banks of internet radio and takes a hundred stations, builds up these banks, and is basically switching all in between them. The original Echo Vox is built on phonetic sounds. So there's all these pieces of phonetic speech built into these banks, and so you're getting, you know, pieces of speech. So so it shouldn't really be spitting out entire words because of the way that it works. Matt, you know more about probability and math than I do, and you're also very skeptical of things. You have to admit that if you're using something that is randomly grabbing phonetic parts of speech, that every once in a while, a word is going to happen. Just the law of averages. Right. Which I hope my computer doesn't blue screen now because I said that. Right. But that's, I mean, every once in a while, like, there's it, going to put two, two or three phonetic sounds together in a row that's going to sound like a word. But how much different is it when that word is a direct answer to a question that you're asking? And I will play this clip for you in just a second, but we actually have a call coming in here that might be a real call. We'll see. Good evening, around spooky South Coast. Hi,
7: <clears throat> I was wondering if any of you hosts, yourself included, could comment on um, uh, this observation. Um, I had heard um, quite a while ago that um, it was after World War II um, that most people who were sick and died died in hospitals. And prior to that, most people died at home or wherever they were residing. Now, um, I lived in a place recently that was 1807 in New Bedford. And so I figured I was there for like 25 years. I figured a lot of people died, uh, you know, in that building Mm -hmm. where I was. Um so I was wondering uh if um ghosts are uh, most often created um by you know the environment that they suffered in or whatever and they want to ha- haunt and whether that is connected to uh often they're dying there. Um and whether there's any been any surveys uh about um you know Houses being haunted that are older and therefore have a statistical chance of having more people dying there and not all of them dying uh, without pain or trauma, etc. And so uh, you could comment on that, plus the following. If people are dying more at hospitals uh, since World War II, um, what do medical personnel report in terms of any hauntings or ghosts there um so i'll hang on maybe i'll have a follow-up question but i, I maybe gave you too much to comment oh,
0: on. No, I, I can tell you that uh, in in my research and in people that i've talked to just to cover the the last last part first a lot of medical professionals will talk about there being experiences in hospitals A lot of the problem with hospitals is because they are a 24-hour operation and because there's always something going on, it's not like there's enough downtime to really notice when stuff is happening. But you will hear, like, ward nurses and and, and people who work maybe in the janitorial end of things that will tell you, you know, at at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning on a night when nothing's going on, this place is spooky as hell and things will happen. And a lot of times when these hospitals close... You know you'll still have guards that will patrol them like there's one in Lakeville that is still you know is uh, kept under security and they'll report that things are going on so just because you know people are in hospitals now don't think that there isn't still some leftover residue of them that stays behind and that can cause activity because it does happen just the problem is the hospitals are usually so busy they're so worried about the people that are alive in the hospital and keeping them alive that they're not really uh, having a chance to pay attention to the dead. Stephanie, I'll let you handle the question about, you know, the idea of ghosts staying where they died and, and what the reason might be.
1: Uh, I mean, there could be a multitude of reasons. If they had a problem crossing over, or they feel as though they had to stay to finish out a job, or it happened so traumatically that they they had an issue crossing over to the other side, so to speak, that would keep them where they are. Um, Some of them choose to, even if they do cross over, to come back to a place that was familiar to them or that had specific memories tied to it um, or family members tied to it. So, I mean, it could be a plethora of of different things that hold them there or that make them go back to visit that place.
7: Now, uh, do uh, researchers go around looking for... Um, old houses like the one I was in, 1807, and trying to interview current residents of there to see uh, if they've, you know, noticed anything because there might be more chance due to the fact more people died. A lot of people must have died since 1807, right?
0: Right, but I'm going to take it from a different perspective mm. than what Stephanie's saying. You know, Stephanie's talking about uh, the the spirit making a choice, and I'm going to take it from a, a different point of view, and, and I'm not no. belittling what you said, but I'm just looking at it from a different perspective, and that would be that I think that a lot of times these spirits are trapped because of the nature of their death, and because of the fact that it's a traumatic thing I that... I said that. But, but And I'm saying that from a... It's still metaphysical, because there's not really physics behind it, but basically it's that act that is causing that rip, and that it's it's... That it's that trauma that's actually the haunting. It's not the person. Okay. So it's the idea that, you know, somebody was killed in this house. Somebody was shot to death. So that act is what's haunting, not... So a residual thing rather than... But it's not a residual exactly. because I so still think the intelligence that can dramatic. hang
7: through. That it has to be uh, violent action. Can't the trauma be that an individual does, just doesn't want to accept death or is and a fear afraid of punishment in the afterlife or whatever.
0: And that certainly speaks right. to Stephanie's And it point. has
1: a lot to do with people's religious beliefs or just belief systems in general when they're here. Um, I've met, it's a funny way to explain it, but I've met spirits that have felt that they, you know, weren't worthy of crossing over, they feel like they weren't good enough to, or they were just simply lost, or they were hanging around hoping that they could find their loved ones and take them with them, not realizing that they went before them or went after them, um, they... They act very much like we do now. They still have all the human thoughts and all the different um, woes and things that plague us here until they cross over. So it could be a multitude of different things.
0: But I I do think, too, that you could have a house that – because, you know, Stephanie and I, you could almost call it a fetish, what we have for historic haunted places. (laughs) Like, we love these old places that that we can get into and and check out. But I think if you have a house – you know, we've been in places that are built in the 1680s. And I think that you could have – you know, dozens and dozens of people that have died, maybe even hundreds of people that have died in that house over the years, but none of them will haunt it if they don't have a reason to, mm-hmm. or if the circumstances around their death wasn't traumatic enough to leave an imprint. So, you know, just because somebody died there doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily be haunted. I just think that when you have a place that's that old, you have a better i a better chance of there being something that like that that has happened over the years. And then the other part of it too, though, is that the. It, you know, people always ask, how come when you're communicating with a ghost, when you go out to these events and you go out to investigations, you're talking to ghosts that are 200 years old and you're not talking to somebody that died there in 1960? Well, I don't know if that's always necessarily the case. It's just when we go to older places, there's been more older people that have died. So mm-hmm. we probably, you know, people that have died in a, a greater amount of time from the present. Well, let me see well, if I can say people who died a lot longer in the past than the more present people, so they might be the ones that are more prevalent.
1: It could be that, or I tell people all the time, um, we'll go into a cemetery from the 1700s, 1600s, and people always say that they see a lot of things and different things happen. But if you go to a modern-day cemetery, nothing occurs. It has a lot to do with their belief systems while they were here. Back, you know, especially in the uh, our area, they had very, very old cemeteries. We have some of the oldest in the country here on the Cape. And they had the living entrance and the dead entrance. They took everything so seriously, so ritualistic, that we don't do that anymore. Half the people aren't even being buried anymore. They're being cremated. Things are different. Death customs are very different.
7: I'm glad you brought that up. but Do you feel that it's a high statistical probability of um, ghosts being in cemeteries that go back when... Um, you know, you get Halloween movies and stories. that right. you, you see that as a cliché, but is is that <clears throat> is that true from your researches?
1: From research, me personally, to me, might have a different um, view on it. But older cemeteries, for the, that exact reason that I just um, spoke about, is the reason why they tend to hang around. Or if you look into different cultures, you'll hear about, you know, keepers of the cemetery
6: or crypt
7: keepers. Now, you know, why wouldn't keepers. they hang around... At the place where they had a trauma, is the grave site itself a second trauma?
1: Um, You know, it depends on how they died. Every spirit would be different. And how they looked at death. One
7: one last question. I'm going to a lecture tomorrow night on a cemetery in Little Compton, Rhode Island. Okay. Um, I don't know what to expect in it, um, but... uh, do you guys have any ideas or knowledge of uh, Little Compton, Rhode Island, and um, what,
0: what might be uh, of interest? I don't... I mean, if anybody does, it's probably Andy Lake. Yeah, that you know, would... Who could very well be the one giving the lecture, <laughs> for all I know. Well, it's uh, Albert Lees Third of Westport. I'm
1: not familiar. I'm, yeah, I'm not either, but, I mean... I don't know what cemetery they're speaking about, if it's located in Little Compton, Rhode Island, or not. But um,
7: yeah, well, it is located. Okay. Here. I don't know how many there are in Little Compton. Though. Yeah, but I'm not it's familiar. Usually, a bunch in old uh, colonial towns, right? Because
0: right, they're family—they're usually family burial yep. grounds.
7: All right. Well, I was—I appreciate what you were saying there, and um, uh, I. I also appreciate you having a sense of humor about these young people doing the <laughs> April Fool's
0: day hey, you know we were young ones too Right. Uh, the only difference is we were way cooler than these guys yeah, uh, absolutely Maybe you
7: could uh, join it by recounting some anecdote that either of you used to fool people when you were younger on April Fool's day
0: no I remember any- listen the best fool that I ever pulled on anybody. And, uh, and, and Chris posted this earlier. And Matt Costa and myself and Matt Moniz, it was on Halloween. Uh, the first time we ever did a live show on Halloween, we told everybody we were going to come in and we were going to tell spooky ghost stories. That was going to be the theme of the night, that we were just going to sit around and tell ghost stories. Mm. And in actuality, what we did is we came in and we told everybody that earlier that day there had been a UFO sighting in New Jersey and that Matt Moniz had driven down there to go and try and check this thing out and we played it up for a whole hour of you know getting live reports and some of our friends who were ufologists called in and, and and you know swore this was true and we're telling them and it was all just a big hoax we were trying to pull because it was also the anniversary of the war of the worlds broadcast from from uh, Orson Welles and we we actually got and what we did is we pulled it all off and at the end of the hour you know we told I told Matt, I was like, you got to cut the feed. There's government agents outside trying to pull us off the air. And he cuts the feed and immediately goes right into the original Orson Welles broadcast. And it was so great. And people were calling up actually thinking it was and real. And what year was that? It was, uh, I think it was 2008 or 2009. Not so long ago
7: that you were a prankster, too. Right. <laughs> well, I enjoy your show. And um, if you've got any more April Fool's Day... Um, Anecdotes.
1: I'll be listening. All
0: right. Awesome. Thank, Thank you very you. much Bye. for the call. I'm, I'm definitely glad that I took that one. Yes. that was a great conversation. Not so sure about where we're going with this
1: one. We'll find out.
0: Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hey, this is Mike Rog. Um, did you have the Bourbon Deluxe? Yeah, somebody
1: called for you You're
0: earlier. You weren't here though.
1: Listen, I would handle it one way, but I might be a little
0: well. I'm also hot-headed. I'm also a uh, an employee of this station I face punishment for such. So. But I'm not. Right. But I'm responsible. <laughs> All right. We have a call coming in. It's a local number. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. You
6: know, I don't know if you remember this, but you know near White's restaurant? Yes. There used to be a house that they claimed was haunted. Remember that?
0: Right. Yep. We uh, we actually talked about it last week. There was a, it was what it was was it was a, it was a home at one point mm-hmm. that went up for sale, and it ended up being purchased by a funeral home that was down the street, and they were using it as a storage facility, mm-hmm. so they would keep the leftover. Not, not the leftover, but they would keep, like, the unused coffins in there. and they. So what was happening is, you know, kids were going and looking in the window, and they would see a coffin in the window, and that helped kind of spread the story that the place was haunted. <laughs> but what's funny is, like, you, you would think, like, this story is bogus then because, you know, it's kind of just urban legend, but police officers would actually – have actually told us – uh, over the years that they used to have to go and check out the house because they'd get a report of kids looking in the window and everything. And police officers would pull into the driveway there, and they would swear they would see all kinds of stuff going on in the windows.
6: Yeah. But I remember that for years. You know, it wasn't recent. It was probably in the 50s.
0: Right. And, and, and I actually wrote about it in my book, Ghost of the South Coast, plug, plug. And uh, and I refer to it in the book as the house next to whites because that's what everybody refers to it as. Say, right. Remember that house next to whites? Yeah. And, uh, and and it was it really is like the most legendary, you know, unknown haunted house around this area.
6: Well, I had relatives that were, lived in a house that was built in 1786. In that I, house? Yeah. They, well, wow. they t- they tore it down already. But I remember going down the cellar when I was younger, and the the beams were real trees that weren't. They were you could see where the trees were chopped and to make like square.
0: That was in the house that was next to White's. No, no, no. Oh, okay, I, okay. I,
6: I, This This wasn't a cushion.
0: Okay, because I was going to say, I just remember that being like a more modern home, but yeah. it, it could have been, you know, I say modern, it looked like it was built in the 60s.
6: Yeah, so. but this house was built in 1786, and they finally tore it down probably a couple of years ago, but uh, there was it was still there. I used to see it when I drove by there. I remember hearing about it. And, it was built in
0: 1786. <laughs> um, that's that's the kind of house I love. Yeah. You know? there, there was one that I always wanted in uh, in sandwich that was from the 1630s. Oof.
6: Well, do you know where the the Restaurant is? Uh, is the
0: Islander Restaurant? Yes. I think I do.
6: Yeah, well, that piece, that, that, just where the golf course is. Okay, yep, yep. That house there was built in 1786. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but they've tore they tore
0: it down. I see. I, that's, that's that's what I want. I want a house like that. <laughs> I grew up in a house like that. No,
6: I don't want anything. Any well, of these I grew up in a house that we used to have the pump for the water. Oh wow! <laughs> were, and we we had the crank phone.
0: <laughs> and I, I thought I had a tough once when I lived
6: in a house that didn't have a shower. You know, well, this didn't have a shower. We had we we used to get the water from a from a hand, hand pump.
0: I lived in a house that didn't have a shower. It didn't have a tub. Oh
1: my goodness! Yeah. You yeah, and Paul no just tub.
6: Had a tub. It I know was the old fashioned tub with the four legs there.
0: Remember those? Oh yeah, the clawfoot tubs. Yeah, <laughs> those are great. My grandmother had one of those. I loved them. Yeah,
6: it. but they use them now for the. Uh, they use them in backyards now. They use them to put the you know, picture of Christ or uh, you know, the right, yeah. statue of Christ.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny about clawfoot tubs too is like no matter how hot the water was, the tub was always freezing cold. <laughs> so the water would turn cold very quickly.
6: Yeah, I remember me having to take a bath in those round oval tubs. Now, now that? The, and the stove, oh, yeah. uh, they used to take the water from the uh, a kettle and pour it in there and empty it out. I was,
0: just, I was <laughs> telling my 12-year-old son the other day, I was like, you know, back in my day, when he yeah. took a shower, there was a hot and a cold dial, just like on the sink. And he was yeah, like, right. Oh, well, it's right. crazy. Yeah,
6: <laughs> <laughs> I remember cooking, my, my aunt used to cook with a wood stove. It, it always amazed me how she could cook, you know, bake in, in an oven that well, was uh, like wood.
0: The former president of the Wareham Historical Society cooks on an open hearth in her house. Yeah. And yeah. she says she can make a, a chicken dinner that you wouldn't believe yeah, all on the hearth. So, it kind of you know
6: me they talk about global warming and all that. But years ago, every house on, on, on every street was heated by, heated by cold stoves. Right. So, the, 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 we wouldn't have needed that. Because well, I remember it being so cold.
0: In fairness, a lot of those people died of emphysema. So, <laughs> there's that too. Oh, well. Right. well, thank you very much okay. for the call. Right. Have right, a good night. night. Bye now. All right. Uh, we have another call here, which I think is a safe call. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
8: Uh, yeah, I just heard the uh, guy talking about the house near White. Yes. Um, this is a long time ago, probably early 2000s. I was uh, had a part-time job working for a cleaning crew, and one of the buildings that we did was, um, was a bank on Union Street near where the um, – downtown police officer, uh, department is. I forget what the name of the bank was. Eastern, I think. Mm-hmm. So on the seventh floor, because they had the old-fashioned elevators where you needed a, a elevator operator to go to the top. So on the oh, seventh yeah, floor, yeah. we had to do, I believe it was a seventh. It was a top floor. Um, and mm-hmm. the guy there, we got on the topic. Don't ask me how but on Ghost. Oh, I know what it was because he says that top floor was haunted. We didn't believe him. But he was saying, "Oh, it is! I believe because he was at that house near White's um, one night, and he was screwing around with his girlfriend and two other uh, boy and a girl, like messing around. It was supposed to be haunted, so they were like knocking on the house, and something banged on the door from the inside out. They said they they just ran for their lives; they were so scared. And he was sheet white when he was telling us. He was so scared when he told us this." So we heard the story, we were you know, joking around laughing, so we went to go upstairs, we were going to do the floors, and on the top floor, supposedly the men's bathroom was haunted, and they said it was like a sneezing ghost. Like you would go in there and you would hear someone sneeze, and, and it's a small bathroom, it like one stall and a urinal, and a person would be in there, this is stories that like the tenants on that floor would tell. They would look for them, there's nothing in there, and then there would be a point where the sneeze sounded like it was right in front of their face.
0: Wow. And, and, and they of course really you, scared. You'd hear it and say, God bless you, and then realize there's nobody there.
8: Yeah, and they're, they're, it's a small small room. So we were hearing a story We're making fun of, you know, just joking around, like, oh, yeah, okay. So we went in that that section. There's like a double door that leads to the bathroom. So we were going to chalk the doors to um, clean it. We had our machines up there. We are going to do the floors. So we're, um, you know, saying out loud, okay, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't uh, sneeze on me, ghost, and all this stuff. So the the guy with the elevator had to unlock the door. So I made sure it was unlocked because there were heavy wooden doors, and we had to go get more equipment. We come back, the doors which were completely unlocked. I checked them myself; they're all locked. Now I'm like, wait a minute here. There's no one in this building. This was uh, like a Sunday morning. We go down, tell a guy and he's getting all weird. See, I told you you're making fun. <laughs> so we go down stairs to get him, to get the doors unlocked. All our equipment moves to the other side of the hall. There's oh, nobody no. in this building. I tell you, we clean that thing so fast and get out of there. <laughs> so fast
0: Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I love stories like that because we don't get enough of those. Like right. You know that in this area with all these great historical buildings, oh, yeah. there's all these stories, and we just don't seem to hear them. And, and, and it's part of the culture of the area, I think, is that people just don't share their ghost stories.
8: Yeah, I'm surprised there's not, has there hasn't been a lot because a lot of people in that building, from what I hear, and, you know, the tenants who are reporting that. But, you know, a lot of times people, they just keep them to themselves. They don't want to say anything. Well,
0: and, You know, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on any particular culture but a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's a lot of portuguese people around here and when you know look at an old portuguese grandmother you know mm-hmm. you you start talking about this stuff and they start shaking their finger and shaking their head saying no no don't no, talk about it and that's because right. it's it's bad luck to talk about it or so. start
1: praying over you
8: right <laughs> hey, so. i had uh, one more thing too to change the subject from uh, ghosts to ufos sure. you know if anyone in, like, 84, I think it was November 84, had a big triangle, like a diamond-shaped sighting over a because it was, like, an incredible sighting. I would have to check with area.
0: Moniz on that. He's uh, he's out tonight. But I would have to check with him on that. He would know better than us. But I know that there was, you know, if you see the Bridgewater Triangle documentary in the late 70s, there was, like, a, a home plate-shaped UFO that was seen mm-hmm. in the Bridgewater area. And Yeah, uh, now,
8: I, I know someone very reliable that told me this, and it was, like black and like a diamond you know if you took a square and like you rotated it, so it looks like a diamond shape you know going with the point that's
0: that's what they were describing with this sighting yeah
8: yeah and red red lights and it was completely silent and it went over a cushion over towards New Bedford Airport but it was it was huge yeah, I mean Absolutely gigantic.
0: this Bridgewater one that was seen. It was you know the same type of description. And you want to talk about reliable sources? One of the people who saw it, I I, I can't remember the other gentleman's name. They were both news reporters uh, for I think Channel Seven or Five. Steve Sprasia, I believe, was one of them. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember the other gentleman's name. But I mean, so you know, here's reliable sources saying that they've had interactions with these things. So there's yeah. there's definitely something no, going I, on. I
8: I I document them and I put all all the sightings together as many as I can. Uh, gather you know i put them on my site so i'm just trying to get as much as possible you know that's what i want because other people see sightings you gather them and put them them on a a website yeah it's uh ufo report
0: massachusetts all right i was gonna say yeah yeah, you definitely want to give the website out so the people this is the audience man this is these are the people that can help you
8: yeah it's just massachusetts and that's all I, i live in massachusetts i just want sightings and it goes back for you know years and years but that's what i want you know so people can correlate their sightings
6: you know
0: have you checked in with MUFON?
8: Yeah, I well, I always check all the databases. You know what I mean, and see what I can get. You know, the national, the Massachusetts.
0: You move a little disorganized. I know that. So, all right. Well, keep us up to date with the site. Let us know uh, when you get good stuff, and let us know when you get new stuff, current stuff too. All right, no problem. All right, thank you. Okay, all right, bye. And uh, I think we have another safe call here. We can take. There's one that keeps ringing and ringing and ringing. That's because we think that you're one of the pranksters. Mm -hmm. So, sorry. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast.
6: Yeah. Hi, Tim. How are you?
0: Hi. Uh, uh, um, are you going to try to pull anything on me here? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think didn't know how to get a hold of me. I know how to find you. <laughs> I just was wondering if anybody uh, won the audio box. Yes. Uh, somebody did uh, during the news break. Yep.
6: Okay. I didn't hear it. Okay. Thank you. I just wanted to remind you. All right.
0: All right, buddy. Have a great night. And uh, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. It's, it's nice to get some real calls here, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat>
0: These last couple of callers, really restoring my faith in having people call into the show. Whoever's on the line, though, hanging out, you're you're not restoring my faith. No. Can you have the high school kids screen the call? Oh, wait, we don't get one of those. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go back, and I'm going to play this. I had mentioned before that yes. uh, Jeff Campbell sent me this clip that he caught from Echo Vox, and uh, it's important to note that this is a recording with Echo Vox running separately. So it's not like this, because you can, when you have Echovox and Echovox X, you can record directly onto your device and save the recording. So you can go back and listen to it later on. You want to say, oh, I think I heard this, but I'm not totally sure. You can save the recording and go back and check it out. But it's also good to run another recorder while you're investigating so that you know what questions were being asked, and that way you know if it's a direct response. So that's what Jeff was doing. And, again, this is in the morse room of the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, and I think if I do this right, I'm at the right spot. Now keep in mind, by the way, this is fanatic speech, so you're going to hear like little bits and pieces. If you've never heard Echo Vox before, it takes a little bit of getting used to. Wait, what do you mean you can't open the media file? Hold on. I think I left it sitting there too long. I'm just going to reload it again real fast. But what will happen is you're hearing these little bits and pieces come through, and then it will turn into words. And, you know, you put the echo on it, and that helps. You put the reverb on it, that helps as well. And what ends up happening is you'll hear not just words. I mean, my experience with Echo Vox is not just words. The first time I ever used it, I got full sentence responses, which is what made me really intrigued by it. And that's why I've always used it every time I've gone out on another investigation ever since. All right, let's see if I can... Bring this in now.
7: Maybe we're talking to the wrong person. Is, is, is it not Mrs. Borden in here? Is there somebody else?
6: What is your name? Abby. 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 Oh, my God. I heard
0: that. What's funny what? is that, I'm going to play that again. What's funny is like right before that, you hear him say, uh, maybe we're talking to somebody else, you know, and you hear, it even says Abby then too, at least that's right. what I'm
1: hearing. Which is surprising. Maybe we're talking to
7: the wrong person. Is, is, is it not Mrs. in here? Is there somebody else?
0: See, so Abby there. uh mm-hmm. yeah. And right here, it's really clear. What is your name? Abby. 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 Uh, and I think it actually says Abby Lisbeth. I heard that. What? Yeah. I have to hear it. I can do it one more time.
7: Mrs. Borden is is there somebody else?
0: And I'll keep going. That was a nice phrase. Point okay. three. Yeah.
8: So, are we speaking with Abby right now?
0: I love that one right there. Did you hear that? I don't know. This
4: one
6: is happy.
0: Oh, this is actually. This one is This
8: This is Abby. Thank you, Abby. Thank- Thank you for speaking
0: with us. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought that was pretty cool. And it goes on; it actually gets more intense from there. But uh, I just I thought that was pretty cool. So I mean, it sounds like it to me. It sounds like Abby. Uh, Abby Elizabeth is what I heard. M- multiple two Abbies, and then uh, you know the it says Abby, and then it says Abby Elizabeth, and then when he says thank you, it says welcome. So I I don't know. I thought it was pretty awesome. And uh, what's interesting about that, too, is with EchoVox, you know, it's not like an EVP where you have to go back and listen to it later on and and see if you caught anything. That's happening real time. So you have right. the opportunity to keep the conversation going. And I still will always remember that night at the Pierce Mansion in Gardner where, you know, I mentioned the name.
1: Stop that right now.
0: I, I'm not going to mention the name, but as soon as I mentioned the name and all hell broke loose... The Echo Vox kept repeating the name over and over again. Yep. So, it's that's why I like it. I mean, it's...
1: For somebody that is not a fan of apps, I am absolutely a fan of Danny's apps.
0: And I do want to say, too, by the way, if you're going to prank call us, it doesn't matter if you call from a different number. When it comes in saying New Jersey, I've already determined that that's... The prank caller still.
1: Oh, they're they're hitting up our chat room right now, thinking that we don't know what's going on. Apologies if you are yeah. a person
0: that's actually calling from New Jersey, but sorry, we can't uh, help you right now with that. It's sad. I, hey, hey, whatever, whatever they want to do on a Saturday night, that's fine with them, with me, as long as they're uh, stay, as long as they stay respectful in the chat room. Right. Otherwise, Nightbot's going to come out with his banning powers. Right, Matt? Nightbot? I already said that. What's up? Nightbot can can lay waste to those kids in the chat room if he wants to. You guys can ban them, too. Yeah. Why not? No, I was just... I like to use Nightbot. Nightbot's fun. I don't know if Nightbot actually... I don't know if Nightbot actually actually does the banning. He can. But I just... I want to put it all on Nightbot. Makes us sound like we have, like, a special helper. (laughs) Yep. Stephanie, if you see the ones who are in there being smartasses, feel free to ban them. Oh, don't worry. I think she has admin powers, right, for that? Yep. So there you go. Well, if anybody does have legitimate questions, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. You can also email us, spookycrew at com, and you can also uh, type them into the chat room, as long as Stephanie doesn't ban you. (laughs) Now you know the real power that Nightbot has.
1: God, if they only knew who they were dealing with. Well. It would be so much fun. Actually, it's more fun if they don't know.
0: We do have a, a call coming in. Let me check it All right. Ready? Here we go. Listen, smartass. Stop calling in. We've had enough of you already. I'm going to report you to the police. Let
1: me get all your info. <laughs> He's stunned. You
0: know? He doesn't know what to say. Aww. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Just like
4: the last two seconds, but then I got the uh, the the radio must have caught up with the live feed.
1: It was a little sad that you didn't respond
0: faster. I'm not gonna lie. As, uh, as soon as, well, I, as, soon as...
4: To, I took a minute because I didn't realize if I was on the air or not.
0: Oh no, you as, were. As soon as I saw your name pop up, I was like, I'm totally messing with him now. Yes.
4: Oh, good. Well, I needed that. <laughs>
0: What's going on? How are you tonight? Oh, Fox?
4: not that much. I'm good. I've been busy, but I uh, I've been scatteredly listening tonight. But um, I was just kind of calling in about the Echo Fox. Yes. You know, I have. I know he hasn't launched the other one yet for so the iPhone, but the the old for the app that's out now is really great. Yeah, I, I, um,
0: I think he won't be. As you saying, he was saying during the interview, you got to watch your head there, you nice, Stephanie. You know It's these
1: headphones are too wide.
0: But uh, as Danny was saying earlier, there's there's issues with with the Android uh, with the um, Apple software yeah. to for the reverb, which is the issue that he's having with it. So I, I don't think it's a matter of like if it comes out for for Apple. I just I don't think it's going to be able you know, to. Gonna, yeah, but you know, okay. I mean, like he was saying, you can go out and you can see. Here's the thing: like for people that are like, oh, you know, I don't have a, an Android phone. That's not fair. Listen. Just go out to go to the pawn shop, go to you know go to Walmart and buy one of those clearance. You know how they always have on clearance those like you know uh, net to go and all those like whatever you know, uh, cheapy cell phone plans. You know the yeah. burn the burner phones. You can go out and get any one of those phones. You can get them for like twenty bucks. You can go on eBay. You can buy an old Android phone for twenty bucks. It doesn't matter. And basically, all you're going to do is you're going to load that app onto it with Wi-Fi in your house. And now it's it's basically like having an ovalis or any other handheld device. That's now your EchoVox device.
4: Yeah, pretty much.
0: And you're better yeah. off doing that than having it on your actual phone because now you don't have to worry about you know you can use your phone to record the video of you using it, or you can have your phone available to make calls while you're using it, or for other things. So I mean, I don't I don't see why people are making such a big deal out of it.
4: Well, that was kind of my issue with having it on my actual phone or my my tablet because it's like it just seems like all the other apps and everything just wouldn't probably interfere with it
0: right i mean and, and when you look at it it makes sense if it was the opposite way if it was only out for apple and you couldn't get it for android and you had to go out and get like a second-hand apple device I you'd be screwed be
4: yeah, yeah you'd be paying 500 dollars for an ipad or i mean i know you can get used iPad but not
0: so, as cheap as you can go get yeah, a, a cheap Android can, phone
4: yeah and you can get a brand new Android for you know lesser than you would an Apple you know an Apple device
0: it doesn't it doesn't have to be anything fancy you know it can be no. the most basic phone as long as it runs uh, you know as long as it has enough space and like like Danny was saying it's a very very small app for Echo Vox X it's less yeah, than less cool. than a megabyte so less that's than a bad. I forget how much he said but it's i looking
4: oh. forward to maybe trying it out someday
0: well, you know, you can always come by here and, and mess around with mine. Sure. So, wait, I mean my app. Let's keep it clean. Family show. <laughs> i think
4: you guys are... Are you on the actual radio radio tonight?
1: I thought I... Yes. No, yeah, we're okay. on the
0: radio, yeah. Okay. We're just, we're okay. keeping it a little looser than usual tonight.
1: We yelled at you live on air.
0: Yes. I, Already? Okay. I called, I called you a smartass over the airwaves. Yes, I'm, that's I'm gonna right. going to get an FCC fine for that.
4: that that's okay. Well... What can you do, right? At least it's not some prank caller from New Jersey,
0: right? Well, we've got their numbers now, so <laughs> I'm <laughs> looking. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it about three hours from now. Giving we them got a call. more than that.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. I was keeping. Unfortunately, I was keeping a little eye on the on the NCAA champion, So,
0: well, that's all right. We appreciate you checking in with us. And I know. Th- thank you very much for the call. All
4: right. Have a good one, guys. You too. Okay. Uh,
0: that about does it for this week's show. We're out of time. It's a little sad. I'm not gonna lie. I know we were having fun, but that's what happens. Our time here is short. We have to make the most of it, and I think we did tonight. I think we had a great conversation. I think so. A lot too. of great conversations. Yeah. Great calls, not I, so great calls as well. But the ones who were legit were awesome.
1: I love when people call in and tell us their stories and ask us questions about us in the field. It's, and if you're it's not it's comfortable awesome.
0: calling in and doing it, you can do it via email, spookycoastbookiesouthcoast.com. Oh, Spooky absolutely. Crew at you can hit us all up on Twitter. You can download the free Spooky South Coast app. Ours is actually available for Android and Apple devices, so you can get it on either one. Uh, if you have BlackBerry, get with it. It's 2017. Why do you have a BlackBerry? And uh, and if you have uh, what was the if you have a Newton, you're you're really screwed too. So that does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week to talk more about the paranormal. And as I said, you can find us all week long, Spooky SpookySouthCoast.com. You can hear us rebroadcast on the NoBox Network, and on the Dark Matter Radio Network. And I think that's all I have. Anybody else? Anything else? All right. Well, then, until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, for Melody, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.